Please lower your head and watch your step while boarding. Welcome to the Attractions Podcast. You are all clear for dispatch. Have fun. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 232 of the Attractions Podcast, sponsored by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. I'm Seth. And I'm Carly. And we are here to talk to you about the latest and greatest in theme park news and more, as well as what's going on in our own lives. Carly, how have you been? I am so good. I am excited this week because Flower and Garden kicks off. So I'm getting ready after this to pack up all my stuff and head on down. So awesome. I'm excited for the menus. I mean, there's so many new things this year. I feel like the last couple of festivals especially food and wine, the menus don't really change a lot. And there's a mm -hmm. lot of good stuff. And plus Disney Imagineering just shared a peek at the Groot uh, topiary. Yes, he just, so got installed, <laughs> just got installed overnight, I believe. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing that one in person as well, for sure. Ooh, yes. um, but just as you are packing up to come to Orlando, I am packing my bags and flying out tomorrow to Anaheim. Uh, spending a week at Disneyland and then I'll be spending a few days at uh, Universal Hollywood and I am very excited to do that but before I do that uh, I've been a little light on theme parks this week except for uh, a little visit to SeaWorld Orlando that's going to be our main story mm -hmm. uh, a little later but as soon as we are done here I am hopping over to Universal to check this out uh, just uh, like a day ago, um, mm -hmm. surprise, surprise, they have removed the 3D goggles from Skull Island Reign of Kong uh, over in Islands of Adventure. Uh, this is supposedly a temporary test that will run through March 9th, and then they'll decide whether, I guess, it's permanent or not. Um, the reasons I've heard for this uh, are, one, uh, to save money. Uh, you don't have to pay someone to clean the glasses and to hand the glasses out. Um, and a lot of guests complain about the glasses, whether uh, they don't fit right for them, whether they just have trouble seeing 3D altogether, or people just don't find them comfortable. Uh, personally, I don't think that you can just take a ride that was designed for 3D and rip the 3D out and have it still be effective. Like we saw the Fast and Furious ride, which was not great in Hollywood, uh, I think was definitely a downgrade here without the 3D. And uh, I got to go and ride and see it for myself. Yeah, I, it, this was kind of shocking. And the odd thing was I was watching at the exact moment I saw this come through on socials. I was watching a YouTube that was a POV of confrontation. So I don't know if I uh, somehow like set a bad energy <laughs> <laughs> right, bad juju. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what you think. I, the attraction is not my favorite, so I don't know. Ugh, uh, I don't know. You know, I when they first opened it, I thought that it, they did a reasonably good job of taking something that was just a section of the tram tour and plussing it. But over right. the years, all the things that were plussed about it have been gradually taken away. We lost the live actor, the scare actors in the queue. Uh, we lost the whole uh, outdoor section has been closed since like, I think, April of mm -hmm. last year um, for maintenance reasons. Um, now we're losing the 3D and... Uh, I'm wondering how much stuff you can chip away from an E-ticket before it's just a D-ticket or a C-ticket. Um, 
I know for me, this is like it, it's you know, if a ride is uh, the the sum the the sum is more than the the sum of its parts, or the, oh, what how does that phrase go? Anyway, they're 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 picking apart all the parts, and I don't see how you can say that the ride still is the same ride after you. It's like a, a Jenga game. How many more blocks right. can you pull out before it's not the same ride? Right. Yeah. I I. I I almost suspect the only reason they're not doing this to Transformers is because it says the ride 3D in the sign, and they right. have to change the sign. Um, I love I do Transformers. Know, that would not that can't happen. <laughs> I do know that they uh, tested something similar to this at Gringotts very briefly, uh, and I don't think that test was too successful. I think they they realized that if you take the 3D out of Gringotts, there's not a whole lot left so i um, see i wouldn't mind that the last like two to three times in gringotts my glasses fell off oh so i wouldn't mind i think the ride vehicle and experience is fun enough but yet with this there's just there's no meat to it yeah you know, without the 3d there's no meat but i'm excited to see what you think yeah i am i am i'm very curious i'm also hoping uh Maybe they'll do a surprise soft opening of Mel's because uh, the Mel's uh, drive-in restaurant, which has been closed for a long time, looks like it's very, very close to reopening. Yes, I saw that some executives were testing it out yesterday, and I saw some pictures. There's some really uh, unique vegan options. I think there was a vegan chili cheese fries that I saw. So I love how like yep. in the last year, Universal's doing a ton adding vegan options. I'm not vegan, but I appreciate it and love yeah. to see it. Well, for a long time, it was pretty much just they'd take a, a Beyond Burger patty right. or or a, a chicken patty, a uh, fake chicken, and just slap it on there. Uh, and I'm I'm not a huge fan of of those, but uh, yeah, they've got a, a new vegan chili, and it looks like a vegan field dog. I'll have to see how that compares to the one that they've got over at Hot Dog Hall of Fame. Uh, but it's always nice to see new plant based options. Oh, yeah. uh, and I mean, it's still going to have burgers and uh, chicken fingers and Shakes. milkshakes. Yeah. Um, it looks like prices have all gone up, but uh, that's that's to be expected. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to checking that out. And then uh, I am off to California and uh, I will not Yay. be here to talk about California next week because I will still be there. But we will definitely talk the week after. Yes, I'm excited to hear about uh, DCA Food and Wine. I'll be going to. Yes, uh, I'm going to. Uh, hopefully, they will soft open it on the 29th. Uh, that is what I'm crossing my fingers for. Otherwise, uh, the first is going to be uh, my day to check it out, opening day. And oh, I'm sure no one else is going to have that same idea to go on opening day. So it will, be, it will be calm and quiet, and I'll be able to uh, just stroll around, right? Plus, plus radiator springs racers is down for refurb uh and that is probably my favorite ride that is uh unique to the disneyland resort and so i'm gonna miss that one. Oh, same oh well at least i get to ride indiana jones yes all right uh well <laughs> enough of that uh without any more ado let us jump into the news in the queue Uh, 
Uh, starting out, I, as I mentioned, I'm flying off to California. I'm taking JetBlue, but if I really wanted to get in the spirit uh, to visit Super Nintendo World, I would fly Spirit Airways uh, because they now have an airplane with a Super Mario wrap on it uh, promoting uh, the land at Universal Studios Hollywood. It looks so good. Uh, it does look cute. Especially against the yellow. Uh, the one thing I was <laughs> just made me crack up is the uh, starting the debut route wasn't anywhere. No. E not even to LA. Like it wasn't even anywhere to the West Coast. So the, I was the, like, what was this choice? Yeah. So this debuted on February uh, 21st. Uh, this is an Airbus 320 Neo uh, with Mushroom Kingdom trimmings. Uh, and you're right. The inaugural flight went from Detroit, Michigan to Fort Lauderdale, uh, which has nothing whatsoever to do with any universal location. But OK, uh, this plane is going to keep flying with the wrap through May of 2024. And you never know where it's going to be uh, because it's going to go on all different routes uh, between different cities that ser spirit services. But if you want to track it down yourself, uh, the the tail number is n nine eight six n k so if you go on something like flightradar24.com uh you can track that and see where it is heading yes and if you don't feel like being tech savvy uh the activation does have a purpose other than oh. flying me on a mario plane to fort lauderdale yes you could win a trip <laughs> absolutely yeah this is all part of the big first year anniversary celebration of super nintendo world um and to commemorate it uh spirit and universal are holding a next level flyaway sweepstakes uh if you are the winner you and three guests get to get two days of park admission to universal studios hollywood two nights at the sheraton universal hotel round trip airfare uh to los angeles and ground transportation between the airport and the hotel um you can sign up uh, for a chance to win this through March 20th by going to flyaway.spirit.com. Love it. And you can check out the new Power Up Cafe, which we posted a video. I cannot yep. wait to have the little calzone. The I am fabulous. I'm excited to try everything in there. Um, normally, I only have one day at Universal Hollywood and I get to hit the highlights and that's it. Uh, but I'm going to be there for like uh, uh, four nights, uh, which is more than enough time. Yeah, I love so, it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to really uh, going in depth and uh, at least eating everything in that uh, Toadstool Cafe for sure. Yes. Oh, I love everything at Toadstool. Yep. And of course, we're just getting warmed up for the uh, grand opening of Super Nintendo World at Epic Universe in 2025. Uh, if you are excited about that or want to look back on uh, the grand opening of uh, Super Nintendo World uh, in Hollywood, we've got tons of video and photos and articles on our website at attractionsmagazine.com. Coming up next, speaking of Epic Universe, uh, construction on Universal's new theme park in Orlando just keeps accelerating. And uh, the launched spinning Curse of the Werewolf coaster is under testing as we've got captured in photos by our friend BioReconstruct. This uh, is just wild to me. It's like every single week we get fed new information, new pictures, new testing, and... 
I mean, I know we're hyped. This is probably the land that I think I'm probably most hyped for. Uh, the same. I've always, always wanted a, a full-time, full-scale, classic monsters land. And uh, we're finally getting it. Um, obviously, we're not going to see a lot of what's going on inside the big uh, dark ride there, which is uh, the um, Frankenstein experiment, uh, Kuko Robo Arm ride. Say that 10 times fast. <laughs> uh, but we do have shots, like I mentioned, of uh, the roller coaster, uh, the family launch spinning coaster uh, themed around the werewolf that is already in testing. And uh, lots of other great photos on our blog, uh, starting with Celestial Park, um, which is where we can see. Ooh, someone's got uh, an emergency. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was me. Not me. Um, uh, Celestial Park, where the big uh, fountain, uh, the Oculus, is under construction, which is going to be uh, home to a big nighttime fountain show. Uh, as well as some great shots of the carousel under construction. Uh, but what I'm really excited about is seeing the theming going into our Super Nintendo world. Uh, thwomps are being installed. Spinning coins are being installed. Um, the the flag is on top of Mount Beanpole. Well, you, and you can eat Mount Beanpole next week because that is one of my favorite desserts at Toadstool. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, great presentation. Um, and we've even got a shot of uh, Yoshi's ride with the egg-shaped uh, accessibility car Love it. Mm -hmm. on the track. Uh, all of the Yoshis, all wrapped up type, you can totally tell what they are uh, out on the track. Uh, as well as the track for the Donkey Kong roller coaster. Uh, looks like, um, I think they might have been starting push-through testing. Uh, it doesn't seem like too long before that will also be testing like that dark universe uh curse of the werewolf roller coaster has already been testing oh yeah i mean everything that they put up so far is like looks amazing i know the the hardware comes after this i mean it's like oh we have a roller coaster but we have to do the pathways we walk on i mean it's all that mm -hmm. aesthetic stuff mm -hmm. that just takes so long it, it's funny because i remember um working for universal when Univers when Islands of Adventure was under construction. Mm -hmm. And I remember this stage of construction where you would see the rides were all up and the theming was coming in and the trees were coming in. Uh, but the, the, the streets were literally still dirt. Right. Um, it's when we start seeing pathways getting paved, then we no, know we're getting close. But yeah. still, like I feel like when they were at this kind of stage for Islands of, of Adventure, that was six months out from opening and here we are still uh, a, year. a year or more from opening um and they they just seem to have made just incredible progress still a lot of way, ways to go because of the scope of the project uh but it is it is a really exciting to see these incredible structures looking fully themed and then just surrounded by mud yeah uh, <laughs> but i mean if a uh, construction truck topples mm -hmm. over onto a beautiful new pathway that would not be good. <laughs> right, right. Um, we got Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Uh, again, those are all indoor attractions. Uh, but what we can see is the incredible detail oh. going into the facade, the uh, Mina Lima graphics, uh, the perfumery and other uh, storefronts. We can see already getting their uh, graphics and their textures. 
Um, and this is all concealing that giant, giant uh, ministry of magic ride uh, that, you know, if you, you see the, the zoomed out shots, that show building really just kind of dwarfs anything else. Uh, oh, yeah. And it honestly there. really looks like Paris. It's so, yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the architecture um, of these, you know, winding streets. Uh, it's super realistic. I, I just want to sit uh, at a cafe table with a cup of coffee and uh, just watch people go oh, by. A dream, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, oh, uh, of course, How to Train Your Dragon, Isle of Burke. Uh, they have placed one of the trains on the track of the big outdoor roller coaster. Uh, it's still under wraps. But it shows you how progress is moving along. Uh, the most adorable addition that we have seen recently. We've got sheep, folks. Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> uh, sheep have been installed on the rock work uh, in this uh, helix around this, this curve of the roller coaster. Um, so uh, Disneyland's got the goat trick on uh, Big Thunder Mountain. It looks like Epic Universe is going to have the sheep trick on yeah. their... Uh, their how to train your dragon roller coaster so if you uh are as excited about all this as we are there are plenty of great videos with breakdowns of the reveal uh on our youtube channel and at attractionsmagazine.com uh, get yourself typed for 2025 yes and uh, we're hopping over to the west coast now I am making my first visit ever to Six Flags Magic Mountain next week. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, if it's not pouring rain on the day I'm planning to go, we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, if it is, you could just go to Knott's. Uh, yeah. Uh, Although that <laughs> always closes when it rains, too. So exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll just go to the Universal Cineplex and see a movie if it's raining. Uh, that's always a good choice. But if I was uh, making my visit to Six Flags Magic Mountain uh, next month during their spring break, I could enjoy Scream Break uh, and the Flavors of the World Food Festival. Uh, they are both returning uh, to the Valencia, California three, ah, Valencia, California Thrill Park. Um, you can enjoy some Halloween scares during the Scream Break Haunted event, uh, and you can enjoy some culinary diverse food choices uh, at the same time. So. Yeah. This I went is... to this last year. It was interesting. It was the first okay. year. So How did it go? It was all right. <laughs> um, it, I love the idea of it. I think it's genius. I mean, to do. I mean, we know how much people love horror, haunt events, and then to play off the spring break thing. So I hope it goes a little bit more smooth, smoother this time around. Okay. But yeah, I'm curious to hear. All right. So uh, the details on this, uh, this is happening on eight select nights during spring break. Uh, it's uh, between March 22nd and April 13th. It's an after hours event. Uh, it goes from 9 p.m. until midnight. Uh, and they've got a kind of pre-show happy hour from 730 um so you, this is a hard ticket uh if you have an annual pass a season pass membership you get in for free uh but everyone else with just a day ticket has to have an event specific ticket and wristband in order to attend and what you get for that are after our ride access with supposedly uh smaller crowds 
two haunted houses. Uh, this year they're doing a revamped version of their saw maze and a uh, revival of Condemned House Party. You also get three scare zones and a uh, food area where you can buy some sangria blood bags or other specialty yeah. cocktails. Uh, and finally, they've got uh, DJs spinning in the uh, DC Universe and Full Throttle Plaza areas. Um, so uh, you you mentioned uh, some organizational challenges the last time. Yes. I, I love the DJ. I love the little having the blood bags and the string. But yeah, it was definitely some organizational challenges. All right. <laughs> well, hopefully they will have uh, straightened that out for this time. Um, and uh, as we mentioned, the other event going on is Six Flags Flavors of the World Food Festival. Um, uh, they've got distinct dishes and traditional desserts from seven different countries uh, Italy, India, Korea, China, Mexico, Greece, and the Caribbean, uh, with artisanal beverages to match each. And uh, they've also got some festive entertainment going on, including uh, music, DJs, and some kids' crafts. Uh, so this one, this one takes place also Saturdays and Sundays, running March 23rd through Mar May 5th. And uh, this one, uh, unlike the other one, is held during the regular park hours. So you don't need a separate admission, uh, but you are going to have to pay for the dishes and the drinks. Of course, uh, they've got tasting passes uh, that get you up to 12 uh, drinks or, or sorry, food, desserts or drinks uh, for a discounted price. Yes, I'm excited to hear how your experience goes there. So I hope the weather. I, I am looking forward to it, too. Uh, the park is open daily from March 8th through April 14th for the spring break season. Uh, and if you are curious to know more, head on over uh, to their website or go to attractionsmagazine.com for more info. Uh, okay. Uh, speaking of Six Flags... Uh, on the East Coast, uh, the Six Flags that I grew up with at Six Flags Great Adventure in uh, Jackson, New Jersey, Jackson Township, I'm sorry, Jackson Township, mm -hmm. New Jersey. Uh, I grew up, <laughs> I don't know if you had the same experience, occasionally doing the uh, safari drive through. Uh, yes, we that were was always... when the monkeys could come to your car. Yes. The, and then the... they changed it. <laughs> yes, the thing was that you could never take a rag top. If you had a convertible, you could not go through because those monkeys would pry the lid off of your car <laughs> like a can well. of tuna. Um, and I always found the experience sort of depressing and um, <laughs> a little terrifying. <laughs> and uh, yeah. it is sort of like, I don't know, if. You can imagine the Kilimanjaro safaris in uh, don't even Animal Kingdom. <laughs> if, you, if you can imagine the 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 New Jersey version of that, <laughs> uh, it. I mean, so I have not done that in decades, personally. Uh, I so have not done it in decades either. I did go to Six Flags Great Adventure uh -huh. last year. It was uh, pitiful, I guess. I would be. The word, uh, the operations there are so bad. Most of the roller coasters weren't working. I have a lot of thoughts. I mean, I you're like me. We grew up right yeah. there. I like probably half hour from there. And mm -hmm. the last time I had gone there, 
before last year was like 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. And even before that, I went there like a handful of times is a lot of issues. It is so hard to talk about this glamping experience because I, for lack of a better, I just can't because it (laughs) is, it's just, they don't know their audience. We're going to get more into it with the pricing, your job. See how much it is. I it's, let's I let's can't. let's start let's <laughs> yeah. start by accentuating the positive um, that this possibly AI generated artwork uh, looks very nice. No, possibly. I'm uh, <laughs> no, I'm sure that they they paid a entry level uh, graphic designer a lot to work on this. Um, no, it looks so, it looks really I, I'm yes. All right, we're gonna hit reset here. Uh, we're gonna put our news hats back on, and uh, before we get into the commentary, we're gonna do the news. Six Flags Great Adventures Savannah Sunset Glamping Resort is opening on June 14th. And this is their overnight glamping experience uh, that is integrated into the 350-acre Wild Safari Adventure drive through attraction. Uh, guests staying here uh, are going to stay in one of 20 suites. Uh, some of them are designed for couples uh, and others are built for families sleeping up to six. Uh, but the folks staying here are going to um, get to stay in uh, what they call a luxurious glamping tent. Um, and it's going to include daily breakfast, uh, the opportunity to feed giraffes, and admission to the Great Adventure theme park, uh, the water park, and the Wild Safari Adventure for everyone on the reservation. Uh, if you've already got an annual pass, so you don't need those park tickets, they will uh, give you front of the line access to the park attractions instead. So basically giving you a flash pass. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are other add-on experiences such as spa treatments. Um, they're also planning on hosting concerts and lectures. Um, so that all sounds really nice. Um, I'm curious if these tents are air conditioned. I assume that they are, uh, in addition to the beautiful views of the animals, that they're going to come with all of the uh, modern um, necessities, such as, uh, you know, it look, definitely looks like they have power. Uh, it looks yeah. like you've got, um, I've you you get got your bathroom. The most important thing is the bathroom is inside the tent, and that you don't have to get up in the middle of the night and go uh, oh, yeah. across the savanna to go to the restroom. I That's don't the, doubt that these are going to be state of the art. I'm sure they're going to be gorgeous. Sure. They're very nicely yeah. decorated. Okay, so let's talk about the uh, uh, pun intended elephant in the room or giraffe <laughs> in the room. Thank you. I love it. <laughs> so what they are asking for this is uh, uh, opening weekend. Uh, in June, fourteen hundred dollars for two nights in a couple suite, or twenty two hundred dollars for a family suite. Uh, and going on a weekday only knocks two hundred dollars off those prices. So we are almost talking like Galactic Star Cruiser prices here. Like, right. I don't, I, I, I. I, I can't even either. Like, <laughs> I mean, here, here's the thing. The first thing, they don't know their audience. Uh, yeah. This is, that's just the best way to say They don't know their audience. I don't know what, they're using the word luxury. I don't know anyone with money in the tri-state area or from there that even goes to Six Flags. So I can assure you, I don't know anyone with money is going to go to Six Flags to stay here when you can go. If you want to spend money up there, you can go to Atlantic City. You can go to Philadelphia. You can go to New York City. You can go up to Boston. 
I don't think for, anyone for, wants for twenty two hundred dollars. I know, I don't know about the airfare, but I, I'm I'm sure you could get a five star resort in Africa on an actual savanna well, for twenty two hundred dollars. Absolutely, and then also not to mention the airfare from flying from New York, New Jersey is pretty affordable. I don't know who is gonna book this. I it's just that park. I mean, if this was at Disney World. Oh my God! Yes, this is going to be booked if, out if, for as much if, as it can be booked out. You know they have that um, that uh, extra cost uh, tour of the Savannah at Kilimanjaro mm -hmm. safaris, uh, and if they, uh, you know, stuck a suite into that little um, lookout that they have, where they, you know, they feed the people who are on that tour, uh, they could. Yeah, they could easily easily charge two, three thousand right. dollars a night for that, uh, yeah. but not when you're you're in New Jersey. I don't, I don't yeah, get it. I mean, As someone from New Jersey, no one from New Jersey is going to pay these prices. I, well, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know anyone. Is, but... I can't even get any of my friends from New Jersey when I went last year to go with me. I mean, they don't want to go to Six Flags. Um, again, they don't know their audience. I think going back to what you said about the safari being kind of the overall feeling of like sad we're not talking about a safari like at the animal kingdom where it's this you know i, I just did an african safari last year everything that disney does like even animal kingdom lodge looks exactly like it does in africa they yeah they nailed it this is not that i don't want to say too i was much. i, I have never like, been fooled to thinking that i was actually in africa while at uh six flags yeah, Great adventure yeah it's like dusty and sad so i don't i just i don't know i'm i'm so curious i don't i have i don't know it, 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 this is i don't know who's gonna pay for it i don't know if people are gonna travel to the area to do this and i don't know certainly anyone in the yeah. northeast that would spend for this this is a lot of money and that's not knocking the glamping portion of it. It looks cool, like a glamping resort. I would absolutely glamp. I don't I'm, know if this I'm is where I want to, to see if a year from now, uh, this is still a thing, <laughs> especially at this price point. And where is the spa? This is what I'm not Yeah, right. I, 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 um, I'm very curious, like if it is an actual spot or if it's like they just send a masseuse to your I think tent. that is what my gut is telling me yeah. is that they're just going to be sending you That's, a masseuse. Um, now, if there's a hot tub looking out over the savannah, I, I'm I'm interested in seeing pictures of that. But uh, that, that does sound nice, yeah. But uh, I think I'm gonna uh, save my several thousand dollars and go back to Africa. Well, uh, if if <laughs> oh wait, wait, uh, we didn't, we didn't we mention have... another elephant in the room. This is also spelled as their official name. Oh. Savannah, uh, Georgia. Yes, they 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 have spelled Savannah as if it is the city in Georgia, and not the way you typically spell, you know, the word representing a a grassland. Yes. <laughs> so, so if you use this word, the H is only ever 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 used, used for the city. city. There's no other Correct. time that it is used. Correct. And um, obviously, whoever is in the department that named this is not aware of that. Or maybe it is named after a woman uh, named Savannah. And there's a whole backstory okay. about I how she founded okay. this glamping. Yes. Story. And this is not to poke fun at Six Flags. Oh, well, maybe a little. But, just uh, it is. <laughs> but this is just, I mean, I'm sorry. It's so hard to report on news and not 
put your my feelings towards this are so vile. We, bo- we both kind of had a nerd knee jerk reaction on this one. It's like normally yeah. we can like you know smile and make it through the story and pretend, but uh, yeah, this- it's just I I don't know. I feel like I could explain the situation to like a family member that knows nothing about this business, and they'd be like, "What is what, what is talking? going on?" You know, like so far removed from the attractions industry. So yeah, I cannot wait to see whatever youtuber is going to spend please, all this money please someone someone yes yeah, someone document this so we can watch it uh, and without... this this sounds crazy my sister wants to go i am like, oh wow i okay. i she's not gonna spend the money on it there is no way that i would do this <laughs> well after they heard this they're obviously not going to call you up and ask you to no, uh, go and... <laughs> I, I honestly yeah, i don't right. think i would do it i think it goes back to i don't want to like be by the animals there Oh, yeah. Well, uh, moving on later <laughs> in the year, Six Flags Great Adventure is going to be celebrating its 50th anniversary, believe it or not. Uh, and they're going to do that by opening a couple new attractions. Uh, they've got the Flash Vertical Velocity, uh, a new roller coaster that hits 60 miles an hour going forwards and backwards. Uh, plus, Hurricane Harbor is going to open up Splash Island, which is a new children's water area with 14 kitty slides and other water features. Um, that's all happening later this year. And we've got complete coverage on everything that's happening at Six Flags Parks Nationwide at attractionsmagazine.com. Thank you for coming to our TED Talk. all right let's talk about something that i'm actually genuinely excited about spongebob's crazy carnival ride is opening at the uh las vegas circus circus hotel and casino on march 1st and i am bummed i'm going to be in in los angeles uh just you know a four-hour drive considering maybe i hop in the car uh, it seems a little bit much. Uh, I'll have to hit this my next visit to Las Vegas. But uh, if you are at Circus Circus on March 1st, stop by uh, for the grand opening of this new $6 million attraction that's going to take riders down to Bikini Bottom uh, with animatronics and media-based effects uh, for an interactive uh, series of Midway Carnival games. Uh, that are interrupted by one of Plankton's schemes to steal the Krabby Patty recipe. Yes, I Uh, love this. It's Sally Dark Ride, so you know it's going to be good. The ride vehicles look amazing. The story, Mm -hmm. I think it's just, it's such a great idea for a town that had amusement in theme parks and water parks, Mm -hmm. and then they all kind of went bye-bye, you know? And so to see kind of this resurgence in immerse, I mean, we, we get a lot of like entertainment live shows performances mm-hmm. but the kind of immersive experiences and amusement and theme park experiences coming back to be like a-list level so good you know it, it it's funny you mentioned because uh las vegas used to be home to a lot of really good dark rides uh yeah. for a very short period of time in the, in the you know late 90s early 2000s and they've all disappeared we still have a few simulators in town like the mm-hmm. um, the flyover attraction um but like this is i think gonna be the the first or real 
fully fleshed out dark ride um, with you know mix of animatronics and uh, projections. Uh, we've already had a preview of the Mr. Krabs yes. animatronic. We've got mm -hmm. a video of that from last year's IAPA Expo up on our YouTube channel. Uh, and he's kind of be, being the carnival barker of the attraction. I think he, he might serve a similar purpose as the Mr. Potato Head uh, for Toy Story Mania. Um, and we've got we've seen concept art of some of the games that you're going to play in this ride, uh, as well as the uh, vehicle, which is shaped like SpongeBob. Um, but we haven't seen like a POV or, uh, you know, a ride through rendering or anything yet. So this is exciting. It's like one of the few uh, dark rides that we don't know exactly what it looks like inside before it opens. Uh, yes. And uh, another thing we don't know, we don't know anything about pricing. So that makes me nervous because if you've been on the New York, New York roller coaster, uh -huh. you basically have to like bet an arm and a leg and hopefully win. And then you can go on it because it is so yeah, the in price. I mean, I would probably, I know I would definitely spend the money to go on this because it looks great and I really want to do it. But, uh, what is a family of four going to set back for a ride? Yeah. I don't know. You know, it's interesting. Um, this is located right outside of the Adventure Dome, which is the mm -hmm. indoor theme park uh, that they have there at Circus Circus. Um, the Adventure Dome has gone back and forth over the years between having like a pay one price gate yeah. that sometimes has been almost as expensive as Disneyland on a like cost per hour basis. Mm -hmm. Crazy high. Sometimes they have like a uh, pay per ride. Um, this I don't think is going to be included in Adventure Dome tickets. They we may might see a combination ticket where you can buy yeah. it both. Um, but I think this is going to be like a standalone attraction. And based on the pricing that we see for other standalone theme park style rides like the flyover uh, on the strip, you know, I'm guessing that they might be asking anywhere 20 $25. If it comes in at 15, I think that'll probably be cheap. Yeah. See, I, um, I was doing more like 30, 35. Really, what uh, I was thinking is yeah. you can get a room at Circus Circus for like 30 uh, yeah. bucks. So I, it's be more it might be, yes, it ride. might be more expensive to ride the ride than to get a room at, at the hotel. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, um, hopefully... I would pay this. It looks really good. But again, like it, this is a family ride, mm -hmm. it's going to be a lot for a family. <laughs> Uh, yes, and hopefully there will be some sort of package uh, discount or, you know, re-ride something. Or something. Yeah. Uh, yes, because, um, I mean, I'm sure it's it's going to only be, a, you know, maybe a three, four minute ride. So the question is, like, how much can you charge people per minute? What is their breaking point? Um, you know, some but VR. Again, it looks great. I mean, it, it really, does look great. From what we've seen, it looks really, really good. So I'm hoping yeah. it lives up to the hype. And worth yeah. it to experience at least once. I mean, we oh, have for to do sure. once for research. For sure. so. Absolutely. For sure. Um, and uh, on a completely different note, uh, if you are a fan of Japanese uh, manga, comics, or anime, uh, you might already be familiar with Wickdonald's, which is sort of a parody of McDonald's uh, frequently uh, used in uh, Japanese comics and, and animation. Um, well, it is now coming to life. McDonald's is now in on the joke <laughs> and uh, is transforming McDonald's into Wickdonald's uh, for an upcoming limited time promotion. I had never heard of this, but once I read about it, the fact that they're working with artists to do mm -hmm. something like this 
makes me really happy. So I'm like, I'm all in. The sauce also sounds delicious. Yes. So uh, this all kicks off uh, as we're recording this today, the 26th. Um, and it involves exclusive McDonald's packaging, uh, 10 piece uh, chicken McNuggets uh, meal, and a special McDonald's chili sauce uh, that sounds a suspiciously like the uh, Rick and Morty's Szechuan sauce. It's a mix of ginger, yeah. garlic, soy, and chili flakes. Um, they're going to have special McDonald's uniforms. Uh, there are McDonald's. Um, Anime, uh, four mini episodes of anime and short manga uh, being done with uh, anime production company Studio Perot and manga artist Aki Bright. Uh, they are really going all in on this. Um, and uh, it's going to be rolled out over uh, McDonald's restaurants uh, across the country and Canada, it seems, mm -hmm. uh, over the next few weeks. If there were some merch, I would definitely <laughs> just like a t-shirt or a crew neck sweatshirt again it's really cool and it, you know this is, all goes back to art so the fact that they're even capitalizing on this you know corner of the internet and fandom i love it yeah and i i also think it's interesting how this is not something that started with mcdonald's this started as like a unauthorized uh, parody uh, right. of mcdonald's uh, and that McDonald's is kind of in on the joke. Um, it's sort of like the way that uh, that Rick and Morty, the whole Szechuan sauce thing, mm -hmm. started out as as you know a satire of <laughs> the sauce and became like a real thing because they jumped on the bandwagon. Oh yeah, so. I mean, it's such a testament to a brand that understands its audience and is yeah. willing to make fun of itself and hop on the pop culture train and. And yeah, and it, see them do so many activations, and also a testament to how like meme culture and uh, you know online culture can like you know push a corporation around. You know that like they, it's almost like the tail wagging the dog. Uh, right. But uh, <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, those uh, four episodic shorts are going to be dropping on every Monday starting today, the twenty sixth through March 18th. Um, and then on top of this, on March 9th and 10th, if you are in Los Angeles, uh, you might be able to get in on an immersive McDonald's experience that is going to transport diners into the McDonald's universe using projection mapping, uh, tabletop projections uh, inspired by the shorts, and a set menu of McDonald's items. Uh, that is going to be a reservation-only experience. Uh, you can book that starting February 28th through Open Table. That's a, like something I would love to go to. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Um, head on over to McDonald's.com for more information or visit our article about this on AttractionsMagazine.com for more details. And our last piece of news in the queue, if you... Remember the heyday of Planet Hollywood in the, in, through the 90s when Planet Hollywood was the place to be if you were a the, or if you were a movie fan. Uh, they put away a lot of their memorabilia into storage here in Orlando um, as they shut down most of their restaurants during the 2000s. And that is all coming out of storage and going on the auction block March 20th through 24th. Uh, and <clears throat> it looks like it is going to be 
a huge opportunity if you have a lot of money burning a hole in your pocket to own one of over 1600 pieces of uh, original props, costumes, and other uh, screen used memorabilia from Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Back to the Future, you name it. Oh, yeah. This is so cool. It's like it's crazy to think that this stuff was just sitting there. Yeah, for all this time locked away in storage for uh, well over a decade. Some of this, um, everything from Forrest Gump's running shoes to Carl uh, uh, Weathers' uh, Apollo Creed um, top hat to Marilyn Monroe's dress. Um, you can even have a costume that was once worn by Kermit the Frog yes. himself. Oh, that caught my eye! So and cool. And some of the, you know, the most famous uh, movie props of the 80s, including Indiana Jones' bullwhip, uh, Princess Leia's gun, and the sports almanac uh, from Back to the Future Part 2. Um, if you ever wondered what happened to the Barbasol can that Dennis Nedry tried to smuggle the uh, dinosaur yeah. genes out of Jurassic Park in, it's here. It is here, and you can have it on your on your shelf. Uh, it is not guaranteed to still contain viable DNA, so uh, <laughs> you might not be able to clone a T Rex out of it. Uh, but that would be like, I, I for a Jurassic Park fan, I cannot imagine a better uh, souvenir to have. <laughs> wild conversation starter at your dinner yeah. party. Uh, uh, I have to mention. If you are a fan of this stuff, which I love this like memorabilia and the auctions, mm. it's so fascinating. Have you watched Up for Auction? The show no. about the Van Eaton Gallery preparing for the big Disney theme park auction? Oh, no, yeah. that sounds... It, it's amazing. It's like a six episode series on, it's on the CW app. I binged okay. it. It is so good. And it's just so interesting what these galleries and collectors do to not only preserve the stuff, but then get ready to bring to auction mm -hmm. and that's all about you know bringing this stuff to auction so it, if you're interested up for auction it's really good it sounds fascinating i'm gonna have to yeah. search for that one um one last lot that i had to mention they have a whole bunch of stuff from titanic uh not the actual titanic but the movie titanic um and i think that the most interesting thing in this uh is um the door it's actually not a door it's a piece of a door frame but everyone just calls it the door, the door this is yeah. the floating wooden panel um that uh figures into the end of the film the endless debates over whether uh jack and rose could have both fit onto the floating door <laughs> panel well now uh if you are one of those people who's obsessed over that you can spend the money buy the door panel test it yourself uh if, if you really think they both could have fit on there i know that uh james cameron not long ago did like a documentary uh scientifically Hilarious. testing it <laughs> uh but if you if that's still not good enough to you if you think it's all still a part of a deep state state conspiracy uh by the door test it yourself um so uh, we could go on and on about some of the big ticket items. Yeah, definitely look through uh, this uh, because it also has the projected cost. You know, yes. a prep that the auction houses do is they, you know, have to get estimates. So it's really interesting to for them to see, predict what they're going to get for it. You don't know how it's yeah. going to go, but it's very fascinating. And this article covers it. So it's really interesting. Yeah, some of these they think are going to go for up to $75,000. Other things might go for $100. So uh right. 
you know, there, there's something for everyone and a selection of these items, uh, 350 of, of the, the top items are actually on public display. Um, you can go to Heritage Auctions in Beverly Hills, California, uh, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 6. And you can go and check out this yourself with no admission charge. I'm going to see it's kind of out of the way, uh, but I'm going to see if maybe I can stop by there on, on my way from Disneyland to uh, this is Hollywood. So cool. Yeah. Um, so if you are interested in uh, this, you can uh, go to our website. We've got a link to find the auction catalog. Uh, see the dates when the auction is taking place. Um, if you can't be there in person, you can participate uh, by internet or fax if you're still living in 1996. And uh, uh, I am really curious to see where some of these treasures end up. Uh, I know I I wish I was in a position to bid on some of this stuff for sure. Yeah, it is. It's really, really cool. Really fascinating. Yep. All right, that brings us to the end of the news in the queue. Before we jump into this week's main attraction, it is time to hear a word from our sponsor. The Attractions Podcast is brought to you by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Whether your next vacation is a magical trip to the theme parks, an exciting adventure to the pyramids of Egypt, or just a relaxing cruise on the turquoise waters of the Bahamas, MEI Travel provides premium service and expert advice to help you get the most of your vacation. They are always free of any hidden fees or costs to you. Visit them at mei-travel.com. It's time for the main attraction! And for this week's main attraction, as I teased at the beginning, I took a little visit to SeaWorld Orlando along with our publisher, Matt Roseboom. And we got to have an inside peek, literally, at the new Penguin Trek roller coaster, uh, which this is what replaced the Antarctica dark ride. The, uh, the first trackless dark ride in town got gutted. Uh, but they have used the shell of the building for this new attraction. And we got to take a walk through along the track outside and inside to see what is going on in there. This is um, so fun. And uh, yeah. speaking of gutted, were you sad that you couldn't keep the hard hat? I know that was a sentiment that I saw well, earlier. It was personalized hard hats too. <laughs> yeah, they no, they were. They had the logo and everything. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned that because every time that I go on one of these construction tours at SeaWorld, I seem to accidentally walk out with something. Um, <gasps> I, I, not the hard hat. They were watching for the hard hats. But uh, last time I did. Uh, I think it was uh, for the pipeline. Um, I went on a construction tour and walked out with the reflective safety vest. <laughs> and I was so fashionable. I wore it home. And then, what are you still doing wearing that? Oh, you should have wore the hat home because I, <laughs> it looks great. And then this time I literally walked out with the safety goggles. <laughs> so I can now, I think now I could just, um, you know, I can stop traffic. I just walk out with safety goggles yes. and a reflective vest and you can go anywhere you want. You know, no one's ever going to question you if you've got a safety vest and, uh, and safety goggles. Right? Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, did you learn anything on the tour as part of um, like, new information that we didn't have? Before? Yeah, they gave us uh, a bunch of details about the attraction. Um, and uh, we've got all the stats in our article. We posted uh, videos of our interview 
uh, with the designers. Um, and we've even got uh, photos of the blueprints. They let us take uh, pictures of all the blueprints and all the concept art. So you get a, a really good idea of exactly what's going on. This is a family coaster. Uh, it's uh, got a launch. It's got um, a fairly modest maximum height and maximum speed. Um, this is, uh, it's not, this is not a, a super thrill coaster with lots of inversions. This is something uh, with a 42 inch ride height designed for, you know, the whole family to be, enjoy it uh, together. Um, and it is a snowmobile styled coaster, but it's not like a, um, you know, a lean forward, laid down kind of uh, mm -hmm. ride vehicle, like, like a Tron or something like that. Um, it's it's one that you can sit up in uh, pretty easily. Um, the, the part that I was most interested in was seeing the interior, the little dark ride portion uh, that takes place uh, before you get launched out of the ride building. And uh, the most interesting part of that to me was, uh, so basically um, you come out of the uh, load area um you sort of roll out of there and you get to ride past uh sort of into this icy cave section and you ride past this giant floor to ceiling slightly curved screen uh and the idea of this is that it's going to create a vista uh Ooh. it is photo realistic uh made up of a combination of actual footage and computer generated footage but it sort of create the illusion that you're looking out over this uh big expanse of uh, snow and ice uh, with penguins in the distance. So you're going to come around this curve uh, past this big video screen. And then uh, there is a slight little dip. So you're going to get a little drop inside uh, as you come around this curve. Uh, and you're going to come into an area where it looks like um, the ice cave might be on the verge of collapsing. Um, and then you're going to come around uh into this section okay so this section uh if you're looking at the video version here this is the section uh the first curve and uh right here in front of where these folks are standing is where the screen is going to go so it'll block your view towards the launch uh and then as you you come around um and drop down a little uh then right in here at this shot you can see on the right hand side this is the launch straight out of the building and all of this is going to be covered with themed rock work and ice um so it's not a huge dark ride section um if you want to imagine it this here where everyone is standing it used to be uh the area near the beginning of the old uh penguin dark ride mm -hmm. where the cars would all kind of dance around each other around like a frozen waterfall where it was a very colorful open room towards the beginning um that's that in fact on the floor could still see remnants of the paint that used to be in that room uh so that is uh that is just what's going on on the inside um the shell the 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 shell of the building where the old ride took place and where the new indoor portion and queue takes place is unchanged uh they didn't expand the building for the ride but they did add on a new building that's going to be the exit gift shop so that's still under construction um and then in addition to that they have 
uh, done some demolition in the middle of the Antarctica area. There used to be some more rock work and stuff. They're kind of opening up the area, uh, removing some of the uh, impediments to just uh, walking around. They're going to have more outdoor seating um, for the cafe, and they've added a fourth uh, counter. There were three different stations inside the Expedition Cafe restaurant, and they're adding uh, an additional food station. So that'll have some more options, some more throughput. Uh, and they're also adding a walk-up bar right out. Yes, I heard about that. It's very cool. Didn't get any teases about uh, what changes will be coming to the food uh, or what will what menu will be on that bar. Uh, but they did tell us that they're just doing a kind of overall refresh of this area. The idea is that the um, the uh, expedition post is a few years older and has become more developed and a little more advanced over time. Uh, and they're also going to kind of repaint a lot of the snow, hopefully make it uh, look white like it did back mm -hmm. in the day when it opened. Um, so uh yeah it was really nice getting uh an up close look at the track you can see we, we were able to walk right underneath the track um and uh, you know it is it is definitely you know this is not going to challenge uh, manta or kraken uh as you know a, a high speed thrill coaster um, but this is definitely one that uh the whole family should be able to enjoy together um with the the mix of the indoor dark ride and the outdoor section i think it'll probably have uh more popularity long term and hopefully uh, more capacity than uh, than the old dark ride did um they had a lot of issues with that um some if you're a coaster nerd uh there's going to be three trains um and it looks like the total ride time is going to be about three minutes um so if they can dispatch one train a minute um i think uh they say it was 18 passengers per train uh i might have to double check that number um but you can kind of do the math of what that will add up to great yeah i mean i think it's a, a nice to have a family option we've been seeing them adding continually the thrill so we gotta have something for the whole family yep um so uh, they've still got a ways to go on this one. Um, they are saying this is going to open during the spring. Spring technically ends on June 19th. So I guess that's their deadline. <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's definitely still a work in progress. They have, uh, they have started testing various components of the ride. Uh, but as far as we know, they have not done a, like full circuit, uh, ride testing yet. So Definitely a lot of work to go. Um, the one thing that has not changed, uh, I want to make sure everyone knows, <clears throat> the penguin habitat is still mm -hmm. completely intact. They have not really done any modifications or upgrades to that. Uh, and there will continue to be an option. If you do not want to go on the roller coaster, there will be a queue to enter the um, penguin area directly. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you do, once you get off of the... Uh, ride once you get off of the roller coaster then there will be a place where you can join the queue to then go into the penguin um and there will be kind of a <clears throat> uh not quite the same as it was in the old queue but they are going to have a buffer in terms of the temperature where you will go uh sort of from a stage uh an intermediate stage 
uh, in terms of the coldness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a really cold in the penguin yeah. area. And I think if you went straight from the outdoor roller coaster in the middle of summer and Jarring, went yeah. straight into the uh, cold area, uh, it, yeah, that could, <laughs> could cause a little bit of temperature shock. Mm -hmm. So there will be some sort of buffer, uh, but they didn't explain exactly how that works. Well, I think I'm excited for this. It all sounds yeah. great. The queue sounds good. The ride itself sounds fun. I, I'm I'm excited to try it once, uh, and I'm more excited to have the penguins uh, back and available yes. because oh. uh, they they are. If you can stand the cold and the smell, they are absolutely oh. amazing to watch. Um, and I know I'm not going to be taking a trip to uh, Antarctica anytime soon. So I never see that. No, no, never know. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that just about brings us uh, to the end of the episode. But before we go, let us check in uh, with some folks who have been in the comment section. And Vince Lamb uh, checked in a little late to say happy Monday uh, and wants to remind us that today is tell a fairy tale day and set a good example day. Oh, Those are both, both things to do. Um, and uh, Bua Baby uh, wanted to point out about the Six Flags uh, glamping. Uh, the lamest part is that you only get a giraffe feeding, and that you can already do as an add-on. <laughs> um, yeah, good point. Uh, Vince was also listening to the commentary, and it made him, made him wonder if this is a Cedar Fair or Six Flags kind of decision, which might illuminate how the merger is going. That's an excellent uh, question. I almost thought that like this had to be something someone dreamt up during the pandemic when everyone was into camping and like yes, thought that I, this would be a good idea. Yeah, this was um this predates any of that oh, yeah. I mean, from the the merger stuff that we know publicly. I mean, who knows what goes on behind the scenes, but pretty sure this predates it. But I am super curious. My popcorn is ready to go, grabbing <laughs> it. And I cannot wait to see what happens. <laughs> well, we're going to close out with our friend Michael Bingham, who is very excited about Penguin Trek. And he would also love to have some of the memorabilia from Planet Hollywood. Uh, he's been to the Disney Springs one, but never went to one growing up. Uh, I remember being <clears throat> there on opening weekend of the one in New York City, waiting yeah. in line in the snow and getting to sit near the uh, severed head from the end of uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade and thinking that was the coolest thing ever. Oh, that uh, is awesome the good old cafe. days. I love those. <laughs> uh, if only David Copperfield's Magical Underground had actually opened. Uh, that, that was that was my white whale of uh, themed restaurants. Me too. I still, whenever I'm home and I'm in the city, there's a Sabero pizza. On the yes, 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 yes. It's still, still got a little. It's like a gargoyle kind yes. of thing it's still there so if you are a nerd like me go say hi <laughs> to the little tiny remnants of what never yeah. was <laughs> all right well uh before we go of course uh, another thank you to our sponsors mei and mouse fan travel uh, we want to remind everyone to please give us a rating and review on spotify or apple podcasts wherever you happen to listen to us and please be sure to follow us at attractionsmagazine.com and search for Attractions Magazine on your favorite social media platform. Carly, where can everyone follow you? Yes, I am on Instagram at Adventures by Carly, and I am on X at Carly Caramano. I am at Eskuberski on all the socials and at The Unofficial Guides, and you can head on over to theunofficialguides.com 
pick up copies of all my new books. And until next week, we hope that you stay, folks, stay safe, try something new, but most importantly, have fun. We will see you again soon. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.